A spontaneous and unrehearsed interview. Hello, and welcome to episode 69 of the Curiosityness podcast. And this one's a little different. Again, uh, we did this once before, uh, but it's like a the Curiosityness book club type of thing. So what I did was I got my friend Kevin, and I let him pick a book, whatever he wanted, and... Uh, he picked a book called The Future of Humanity, Our Destiny in the Universe by Michio Kaku. And uh, we both read this book, went through it, and uh, this episode we're just going to discuss it and talk about it. Um, so it's kind of the, uh, you know, traveling through space, where humanity's going to live, and if we're going to get off Earth, and life extension, and it's a bunch of cool stuff, which me and Kevin just kind of talk about naturally in our lives when we hang out. Uh, but that's it. Uh, let's get to it. This is a long episode, but if you're into this stuff, I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, without further ado, here is Kevin and I talking about the future of humanity by Michio Kaku, if I sp- said that right. Okay, here's let's go. All right, Kevin, we're live. We're, we're live. live. We're oh my live. God. It's recording. Okay. Sorry. Everybody knows. Ready for the cuss words? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't had an explicit episode yet, but you could be my first one. Okay, I can't wait. You can't. I can't. Oh, you're the one who doesn't cuss. I can't stink and wait. Oh man, sorry. Oh, did you hear that? No. I was supposed to put on "Do Not Disturb." That's all right. Well, thanks for being over here, Kevin, and joining me on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Travis. Uh, We're actually live inside your studio, so I'm actually (laughs) looking straight into your eyes. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, you are. I I don't do in-person interviews very often, and it's it's more nerve-wracking, I'd say. I know, right? Even and I even know you pretty well. I know. I'd even say we're friends. Well, I mean, I didn't classify as, as as that before, but today, since you said that, like, I think we reached a new level. Would I'm you, just kidding. I consider you my friend. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> At least you didn't deny it when I said we were friends. Yeah, I'm not a friendship denier. That's good. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome to my studio, which is also my kitchen. As, Thank you. As you can tell, if you're watching the video from the the microwave and, and toaster <laughs> oven framing the shot. And the, the dog's here, too. Yeah, the dog. So if you're not on the YouTube channel, you're missing out on a picture of a dog right now. Mm-hmm. She was a, is a she, right? Yeah. Yeah. She was freaking out a second ago, but now she's calmed down. So I think she's a, you know, growing on me. She's calm. Well, Kevin, how do we, who are you? How do we know? How do we even meet? How did we even meet? So uh, I met you at a co-working space in Irvine. That's right. Okay. Yeah. That's we just randomly ran into each other mm-hmm. and we just hit it off because, you know, we're both the type of people who like going to co-working spaces. Yep. And, uh, you know, we just work from time to time. Not, and Not yeah. much. We don't work much. <laughs> <laughs> Typically when we get together to quote unquote work, it's just us drinking coffee and just chatting about stuff. That's true. Yeah. And we'll get stuff done occasionally. And I could see you wanting to get into your work, but then I'll have something I want to ask you and talk about. And you'll reluctantly pull your headphones out and talk to me. Oh, so you can tell I'm reluctant. I can tell. Oh, okay. But it doesn't stop me from talking to you. Well, I mean, so from now on, we should just not work. We should just chat about stuff. And that's what we're doing right now. 
Yeah, but this is kind of work. No, I wouldn't call this work. Oh, yeah? You wouldn't call it work. I mean, it feels like work, doesn't it? Oh, my God. That's, that's, I'm leaving. End of podcast. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Uh This is our, this is a, this is a book review, second book review on the podcast. Okay. What was the first? The first one was, uh, it was my friend Scott. I don't remember the episode number, and it was about like a history. It was okay. like a bunch of little history bits. Okay, so I gotta listen to that. I listened to the AI, the AI one. Oh, what do you uh, think? It's fascinating okay. and scary too, but yeah. fascinating. That's like the level we're on. Is we're both like, I think we're tech people who like to think about the future a little bit. Yeah, we do. That's why we have the book we have today, which we exactly. that was a good segue. Great segue. Which is called, the book is called The Future of Humanity, Our Destiny in the Universe by Michio Kaku. Is that, did I pronounce that right? Yeah, I think so. So there it is for the camera. But uh, yeah, this is like, we just naturally talk about this stuff a lot, I think, when we hang out. We do, yeah, we do. I mean, this came from, uh, uh, we were at Barnes & Noble or something, right? And we wanted to uh, buy a book or something, a real physical bookstore. Yeah. Yeah. We were in there for like two hours because I said, you could, you pick this book. Remember I said, you could pick the book, whatever you want. Right, 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 right. 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 And you have terrible, like you're not good decision. at decisions. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Okay. Well, you got it done. We got a book at least. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a sales lady trying to sell us every single book in the store. Is that right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, I remember she, we were walking around, she would just hand me books, and I literally had a stack of like six books yeah. that she had just handed me. She thought we were going to buy them all. Yeah. Yeah. Who buys? You just take pictures of books at, at Barnes and Nobles and buy them later on Amazon. Exactly. And by the way, I have to say this. This is like a, this is like a side note. Like, I think Barnes and Noble had gone way, way down in the last few years. Um, Something changed. Like at Barnes and Noble, like mm-hmm. what type of person goes to Barnes and Noble? A bookworm. A bookworm. Like, they want to be left alone. Oh, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people in Barnes & Noble, like, there's somebody coming around every single few minutes telling me that, you know, asking me if I'm finding everything okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm good. Like, I'm an introvert. Like, just leave me alone. No. That's a good point. Yeah. They should just leave you alone. And they have those little center kiosks. They do. Things. Yeah. You you can go there if you want to. Exactly. But they should stay in there and not come, you know, seek you out. I totally agree. Oh, okay. Man, maybe an executive to Barnes & Noble will hear us. Yeah, hopefully. You hear that, Barnes & Noble, huh? That seems really logical to me, honestly. That's a good point. Seriously. Okay. Well, moving on from that. uh, (laughs) So what do you think about this book, like, overall? I mean... I've seen Michio Kaku on TV shows before, mm-hmm. and the way he talks about science, he explains things so clearly, and he just kind of ignites a spark in your head. Mm-hmm. I've seen these books. He has the future of blank, like series of books. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Right. I've seen these books. I always yeah. pick them up a little bit. I browse through them. I'm like, man, like super fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, I'll buy it one day. Right. But I've never bought it until this. So... Just like amazing, yeah. Okay, so yeah. you should thank me. It was a good excuse for you. Yeah, thanks, Travis. I um, I owe you big time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't forget it. But <laughs> Michio Kaku is that on the for the video. He's that guy with the long hair. Uh, I think pretty much anybody would recognize him when they saw him. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's pretty like what is he like a 
uh, journalist, scientist type of TV personality. Yeah, I, I would say he's like an educator, like uh, like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, he's on that yeah. same level. Yeah, and so, like actually knows what he's talking about. Like he's a real physicist. You know? Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's what I w- was thinking. Like what do real like physicists and scientists think of him? Do they think he's just like a TV personality or do they actually like respect him? I have absolutely no idea. But, you know, I mean, he's a theoretical physicist, right, in real life. Uh-huh. And apparently, um, we're talking about, like, string theory. Yeah. He's actually one of the co-founders of string field theory. Don't ask me to explain it because it goes way over my head. Wow. But That's a good he's one of Yeah. So, from my vantage point, he's legit. Okay. Like, I mean, the fact that he has so much impact, like, mm-hmm. we're even talking about it right now, yeah. is mind-boggling. Like, that's impact. That's real, real impact. Right. Well, and I think even if he's even if he's not like people in the field are like this guy is just a TV host, like who cares? But he's good at communicating like difficult stuff well and making Absolutely. it pretty interesting. Yeah, I I actually loved a, a lot of the uh, examples he gives in the book. Like I think we'll talk about it in like pretty soon, like in a few minutes or so. But he was <laughs> like like super like he'll bring super complicated things and like give you an example like he'll give you like a yes. real life example and you'll be like ah i get it yeah the the example is key i think exactly because it's like you'll you'll he'll tell you something like oh okay i kind of get it but then the example kicks in and you're like oh it's like chocolate sauce and applesauce how they don't mix exactly you know exactly yeah. real life analogies yeah yeah it really does help and look on a side note i want to say i had i used a real book you but you got a kindle Right. I, I will say you're flipping through your book right now, uh-huh. but I, all, I too have a physical book, which I will show to the YouTube audience. Yes, you do have a real book, but you decided to go for the Kindle <laughs> instead. I decided to go with the physical and the digital. But I just want to use this as an excuse to show off my invention that I came up with. Oh. Because here was the issue. I was reading this on a plane and stuff and traveling with this, uh. and I didn't have like a a highlighter or a pen to mark stuff that I wanted to mark to talk about right now. So I was like, man, I need like a, a bookmark that's also a pen. Oh. And so I did some like Googling, Amazon doesn't really exist. They're kind of hard. There's like some that are okay, but they're hard to get. And then, so I made this. Oh my God. What do you think? I think you're the future of humanity. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my God. That should be a chapter in this book, that right? Should, yeah, Travis DeRose. Holy crap. So this is this is the bookmark pen making its debut. It's I'm going to describe it for the the audio audience, okay? It's literally just a a pen. I took apart the pen and used the center, you know, inkwell part, just the main part, the only thing you need for a pen, and then taped a piece of paper around it. <laughs> oh, it doesn't sound good when you describe it. <laughs> no, I like because you had a problem. Yeah. And then you solved it. Mm-hmm. Like that's what entrepreneurs do. Thank you. Yeah. But it, and yeah, it works man. great. I've been using it for like a month. Oh my God. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Can it's you really make another good. one? I'll make you another one. Yeah. So I'm going to take this one. You can just make yourself another one. Okay? That's your gift for being on the podcast. Oh, thank Plus, you. Plus, another surprise for being on the podcast. Oh. Your very own Curiosityness oh. sticker. Thank you. Wow. You actually have stickers. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I got stickers. By the way, get your own free sticker at curiosityness.com slash free sticker. All one word. 100% free. I pay for shipping and everything. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh, my God. This is really cool swag. This is an incentive to get on the podcast. 
Well, they're free anyway. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, well, so you don't have to be a guest. Okay, well, then you have to give me two, then. It has to be something special. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, thank you. You're very I welcome. love it, I love it. Cool. Um, well, is that it? Should we dive into the book now? Yeah, let's do it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so let's start. Okay, so it's the future of humanity, and basically, <clears throat> he kind of goes through... The book is in three parts. Part one's leaving the earth. Part two is voyage to the stars. And part three is life in the universe. So it's kind of like, are we, it's focused on like leaving earth basically, right? Right. Exactly. And like, are we going to leave earth? Should we leave earth? How are we going to leave earth? What's it going to be like on the trip to away from here? How are we going to get away from here? And then what's life going to be like on a different planet or or asteroid or anything. Yeah. Or, or, or anything really. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I think the rationale of this book is like a great place to start. So like, why are we even talking about the future of humanity? Right? Like, why are we talking about stuff that could happen 10,000 years from now or a hundred thousand or a million or billions of years from now? Like, why do we even care? Yeah. Right. Right. And I, we were talking about this one time. You and I were talking about this one time. Uh-huh. And we, I think we were at a coffee shop or something. And I was like, wow, in the book, you know, Michio Kaku was talking about how 75,000 years ago, a gigantic volcano in Indonesia exploded, just erupted. It was a gigantic eruption, mm-hmm. right? There was a whole bunch of, you know, dirt and ash into the air. Yeah. Tons of people died because, you know, vegetation died off, wildlife died off, you know, like we were so white, almost wiped out mm-hmm. that... 2,000 of us were left in existence. Crazy. 2,000, like, humans. Homo sapiens? Homo sapiens. I believe. Okay, yeah. 2,000 of us. 2,000. Yeah, 2,000. That's, like, less than the size of my high school. I know, right? Me too. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. Like, every single person who who is on this planet today, whoever lived, descended from those people. Yes, and that's one of the... Well, one of the theories that support that is because... That's why our like genetic makeup is like between you and me is really similar compared to like the genetic makeup between like two apes or something. Right. right exactly. Yeah. Like uh, he was talking about like the chimpanzees, like the 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 uh, the variation in genetic ver- uh, and the DNA is crazy. Yeah. But like any two humans on the planet are basically the same. Right. Yeah. So like that's the rationale. Mm-hmm. And. If we're talking about, okay, well, I mean, there was a big volcanic eruption, but like, can it happen again? Yes, it can happen again, right? Like, we are 100%, 100% likely to face an extinction event, 100%. Yeah. In the future. Like, it's not even like, it's not like 50%. It's not constant. if, it's when. It's when. Oh. Right? Like, we're, we're going to have another ice age soon. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to have one within 10,000 years. Yeah. It's going to cover entire cities. There's a 10,000 years is 10, not that years, long. Not that long. Yeah. We're um, only in 2019 right now. Yeah. We're 20% of the way there. 20% of the way there. <laughs> Get ready for that ice age, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And and so on and so forth, you know, like, you know, volcan- volcanoes can erupt. <laughs> asteroids could hit us, you know, in a, mil- in a couple million years, mm-hmm. we're due for another asteroid, like the same type of asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs. Yeah. And if you really, really want to push it, in a couple billion years, the sun's going to expand and it's going to engulf the earth. Mm-hmm. So at that time, if, you want, if we want to procrastinate, eventually, <laughs> I mean, time's up. Yeah. So 
that's why this matters, right? Because we do everything we do for the future, for survival, for our offspring. Mm-hmm. Like we want to make sure our descendants survive. Right. And the only way to do that is to prepare in advance so that when the time comes that they need to leave, mm-hmm. they can do so. And by the way, I, we haven't even talked about like what could happen in present day. Like nuclear war, global yes. warming, overpopulation. So. That's something that kind of is like glaring us in the eye right now is like because okay man how am i going to say this we got like because there's a different types of civilization right Mm -hmm. and like we're are we even a type one now no we're like a a point seven yeah we're not even a type one civilization which means that you harness all the energy from the sun that hits your planet right is that correct right exactly okay so we're not even there yet but it's like, so we're kind of on like this tipping point where if we can like sort of be able to last as a species for the next like few hundred years-ish, mm-hmm. like we'll probably be okay because we'll be able to like go to like be on a different planet or something or back ourselves up somehow mm-hmm. that if something does happen, we'll probably be okay. Whether it's caused by ourselves or, you know, something Sure. Nature related, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. It's like if as long as we don't destroy each other, we have a chance. Yes. It's like you said, like becoming like becoming a type one civilization. Do you want to explain the other two types, by the way? Because I find that fascinating. Okay, so type one is is like I explained. Well, it's type one is you harness all the energy that from the your sun that hits your planet. Mm-hmm. Type two is you harness Yeah, the entire sun. All the energy from your sun. Okay, type two is you get all the energy from the sun. Then what's type three? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's the energy from your entire galaxy. Okay. Yeah. Those are big steps in between those. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, like, we can just, I mean, mean, we're always like, because humans, we humans, we all like to be all, you know, the best. Mm -hmm. We like to be the best, right? And we're like, why are we only... 0.7, 0.7, like not even mm-hmm. one. Well, yeah. and the thing is too about us being 0.7 is we're kind of like cheating a little bit mm-hmm. because we're using like fossil fuels and stuff, which mm-hmm. is not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's it's not a renewable energy or if that's the correct term. Right, yeah. So we're sort of not even really a 0.7. Right. In my opinion. Right, Yeah. right. So the goal would be, and this is why, you know, we all respect people like Elon Musk and people who are moving us toward renewable energy, right? Mm-hmm. Because the energy is so important as a civilization to be able to create all the things in the future that we need. Mm-hmm. Right. Dude. So, uh, yeah. It's crazy. So it's we're crazy. like, we could be like one of the last generations of humans to ever live. We could be, you know, there was one person who said he, he's afraid that his generation, the people living today are the last people who will ever die. What? Because because later on we'll talk about this pretty soon. Uh huh. Because eventually we're gonna upload our consciousness into like machines and stuff. Mm-hmm. So in a way we're gonna have digital immortality. So he was like, "Well, nowadays, like we're inventing that stuff, and this might happen within the next couple of decades, into you know maybe the early in the next century." Uh huh. So everybody who's born after that time will live forever. I see. Yeah. So, but is it, did he make it sound like it was a bad thing? He made it sound like it was a bad thing that he would die. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I see. 
the, the guys working on it now are not going to get the rewards. Yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. not. Right. Yeah. But you know what? Maybe we can see that as a positive. Like, we can see that as, you know what? We need to move as fast as possible mm-hmm. to get to that point where we can not die. Right. But then again, it's not about us. It's about, it's about humanity. Yeah, it's about the bigger picture. Right. Yeah. Or it can be about us. I mean, I don't know. You want to I mean, that's what it's like. It's because we all kind of want, everybody wants like some sort of immortality. Sure. And then to have that, you kind of need to save the whole civilization. Mm-hmm. The human race mm-hmm. needs to be intact for you to be able to live forever. Right. So there you go. But, yeah. Okay. Well, let's dive into this a little bit. Do you even want to live forever? Um, I don't know. Um, I, my thinking right now is like, it's evolving towards why not. Right. Okay. Like I'm, I think this stuff is so cool that like, wouldn't you want to go see what's on Alpha Centauri? Yeah. Like, totally. I'm kind of like, why not? Yes. Like that, my, yeah. That's how I feel too. Like, I'm like, yeah, duh. I want to live forever. Like yeah. I want to see all this stuff. Like reading this book, I'm like, hell yeah. I want to do all this, you know? But like, in the, but I'll hear, you know, I don't fully understand it, but I'll read things or hear things that like, no, you don't want to live forever. Sure. Because you, then you lose like purpose or things like that, I guess. But it's like, I can't like comprehend that now in my brain because I, I don't know, because I, it's not going to happen or, or right now or, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I actually had the discussion with a lot of people. Like, really? I, I, like, I mean, it kind of just bubbles up. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But like, someone will be like, well, I mean, when I'm old or like 89 years old, like, I don't, like I'm going to be in pain and I just, I'll just want to pass away. That's oh. what they say. But yeah. I'm like, my counter to that is like, if you're in your like 20s or 30s right now, decades will pass. Before you hit 80 or 90. Yeah. Like medical advances are going to be crazy. Right. Like you might regret when you're 80 or 90 years old saying back when you were 20 or 30 that I would want to die when I'm 80 or 90 because your doctor's going to be like, no, I can save you. Like you don't want to die. Like, do you really want to die now? You're going to be like, no, I take it back. Yeah. Well, they're not going to hold you to what you said (laughs) when you were 20. (laughs) Right. But you know what I mean? I'm just like, my point is. Everybody saying that right now doesn't know what's going to happen 60 years in the future. Right. They're basing it on what old age looks like today. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, if I'm suffering and every day is like a horrible and I'm in pain and stuff, I probably don't want to live forever in that. Sure. Sure. But like, if I'm like I am now and like fairly young and spriteful, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and life's pretty good, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm good living forever. Exactly. And if, and if your loved ones like live forever with you. Ex- absolutely. Yeah. Because that's absolutely. the thing where like, though, that's like the twilight zone thing where the one guy lives forever, but it, he sees everybody die and he's lonely Oh, or like the age of Adeline or, you know. Sure. I've never, uh, I've never seen that twilight zone episode. It's like the, it's a story that's been told all the time. It's like sure. a classic thing. Sure. But, sure. Like, yeah, that, that would be horrible to be immortal in a world of like mortals. Sure. It's like what are the ramifications of living forever? Yeah. Right. But that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. No. No, that's not it. Okay. Well, actually, you know what? I think would be interesting to talk about, like to move on from this. It's mm-hmm. like so we have the rationale of why we're why we need to talk about this. So let's talk about 
maybe if you want me, it's your podcast. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you're the how guest. Gonna... <laughs> the, guest, the guest leads the conversation. Oh, is that right? Oh, wait, no. I think I'm supposed to. Oh, I'm the host. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to. I guide you where I want to go. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let you take You'll the reins a little bit. One time. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So I think we will talk about one time where we're going to go from Earth. How we're going to proceed outward mm-hmm. into the universe. Okay. So, so what do you think about that, Travis? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the kind of question you ask? What do you think about that? Yeah, what do you think I about that? I don't think I've ever asked that question. <laughs> oh, man, I'm a bad podcast host. Yeah, it's, it's not a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're talking about when, when we do... I mean, we're already on sort of on track that to leave, we need to leave Earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we need to leave Earth because inevitably something, Earth is going to, we're going to kill ourselves with a big nuclear war, like Terminator style, mm-hmm. or those are the machines actually. But okay, we're going to kill ourselves or the Earth is not going to be, you know, hospitable for us or, you know, in lo- long term, we're going to get swallowed up by the, our own sun. Mm-hmm. The sun's going to burn out, whatever. Mm-hmm. We need to leave Earth. So what's the first step? Is that what you're asking me? Sure, yeah. What's the first step? So, well, we're kind of working, NASA's kind of working on right now is building like a moon, uh, like another space station thing that's orbiting the moon, correct? Yeah. Um, if I recall correctly, yeah. I believe it's called a deep space transport. Yes. Uh, the deep space gateway, actually, sorry. Oh, okay. Deep space gateway. They call the same, like, they call the thing that launches you deep space gateway and the thing that does the craft that you that you travel in from the gateway the Uh deep space transport oh okay okay that makes sense i guess yeah so it's easy to get them mixed up yeah you know so but anyway so uh apparently their goal because they stated in 2015 and then you're you're talking about nasa right nasa yeah okay yeah is uh they stated in 2015 that finally their goal their focused goal mm-hmm. is to make it to Mars. Yes. So after decades of getting lost and just muddle, mm-hmm. they finally have one single goal, right? Which is to make it to Mars. And their strategy is first of all getting to the moon again, mm-hmm. and from the moon taking off to Mars. Yes. And as opposed to someone like you know Elon Musk, Elon Musk. Oh, and the NASA's timetable is get to Mars by like. The 2030s or something. Mm-hmm. Pretty, fairly, like, reasonable. Fairly reasonable, you would yeah. say. Mm-hmm. You know who's more ambitious? Elon Musk. Of course. <laughs> you know when he, when he wants to get to Mars? When's 2024. <laughs> wow. It's, it's a mere, great. A mere five years away. I know, right? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Like, someone's going to step foot on Mars. Yeah. But he's been wrong on his timetables ta- time before. That that is true. Yeah. That is, if one devil's advocate thing you could say about Elon Musk is he's very ambitious, mm-hmm. and I believe the original timetable was like twenty twenty two. Yeah, but twenty 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 four. I mean, I'll take it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. Okay. So they're gonna, but NASA NASA wants to use the moon as kind of like a test ground for like their new technologies and, and different their new rockets that they're inventing and everything right mm-hmm. to go to mars but then they're also going to use the moon as kind of like a a port yeah well, sorry what was the name like a spaceport basically. like a spaceport yeah, yeah because where you'll go up there you'll leave earth go to the port like around the moon and then from there you'll kind of refuel 
and and transfer into the larger ship that's going to take you all the way to to Mars. Yeah, and the great thing about taking off from the moon is the gravity is much lower, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. So if you're taking off from Earth, the Earth's atmosphere is so thick (laughs) that you have to spend most of your fuel just getting out of the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. But once you're on the moon, because the gravity is so low, you can take off and land really easily. Yeah. So... It's, it's kind of great to think about it, that the moon can be a spaceport. We could have a spaceport on the moon. Yeah. It's amazing. It's cool. Yeah. I just want to go to the moon, too. That'd be fun. Same here. Yeah, it's a good, uh, good stop off on your way to Mars. Yeah. Like, imagine being able to just do that. Yeah. Oh, there's something else I want to talk about later that, um, that will get you there even faster. That will get you to Mars even faster. It's called laser porting. Oh, it's yeah. It's also in the book. It's right. like, that's like science fiction, mm-hmm. crazy stuff. Yes. Okay, so let's get, okay, so now kind of with like our current-ish rocket technology, going from here, Earth, Moon-ish, to Mars, how long's the journey? Um, man, I believe, ah, I forgot exactly, but it's a long time. It's like, it's over like a year, isn't over it? Over a year, yeah. A couple Wait, years. is that right? At risk of sounding dumb, we don't currently know the exact figure. (laughs) (laughs) Because, okay, it takes a while to get there, at least a few months, but you have to stay there for like 18 months to two years, something like that, until the orbits of Mars and Earth are kind of at their closest again before you can make the trip back. Right, exactly. So that's why it's kind of so long, right? Because otherwise, if you left immediately, it would take longer to get back to Earth. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I see. And that's assuming that the first people who go there are going to come back. That's assuming, yes. Yeah. You know, and Elon Musk said it himself that the chances of dying on the first touchdown in Mars is quite high. Mm-hmm. He said quite high. Those are the exact words. It's quite high. For optimistic Elon <laughs> to say. Yeah, yeah. That's scary. So I'm like, man, I mean, anybody who goes to Mars on the first mission, like, you are the best of us. Yeah. But there's definitely going to be people who want to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're gonna absolutely. have people. I mean, that's like history in the making. Yeah, like amazing. Ooh. Maybe okay. you'll do it. So that's kind of like that's kind of the goal for us right now in kind of the next couple decades, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Within the next decade or two, yeah, couple decades. Yeah. So I feel pretty confident. I'd say like ninety-five percent confidence level that you and I are going to see somebody land on we're gonna see a human from earth land on mars in our lifetime i agree and we're both how i'm in my i'm 25 how old are you i'm 29 jeez okay 29 just turned 29 (laughs) oh congrats yeah so yeah so that's pretty cool we're like we're gonna see someone land on mars that's gonna be exciting because i just went through all the apollo stuff yeah of like for the 50th anniversary Mm -hmm. and it made me a little jealous like not being around for the apollo like moon landing i know right it it seemed really like exciting and fun and kind of brought the whole world together yeah that must have been the most electric thing of all time yeah like if you were alive at that point like just seeing that and witnessing that Mm -hmm. neil armstrong you know buzz aldrin just touching down the moon like like i can't i can't just i can't even fathom what that would be like like the only way we could feel the same thing is when somebody finally touches down on Mars. Uh-huh. So maybe we'll feel that way in like five years. Wow, five years, you think? Maybe. Yeah, okay. I think Elon might be right. Okay. And I'm excited. Personally, this is awesome. Yeah. And it's going to like excite a lot of people who are like not 
a hundred, we're not like super into this kind of stuff. Like you right. and I, like we're pretty interested in it right. more than the average person, but it's going to kind of bring a general interest from the majority of people, I think. Exactly. Um, on that note, I think it's so important what people are doing nowadays. You know, like the billionaires, like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, you know, Richard Branson. Like mm-hmm. what they're doing is so important yeah. because the government, you know, bless the government, but the government is composed of a lot of people making decisions. Yeah. And politics has a huge effect on whether the space program gets funded. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes it's just not politically feasible. Yeah. You know, so if you're an entrepreneur, you control your company and you can divert money into your own space projects. You know, like the entrepreneurs nowadays are the ones driving the space program forward. You know? Yeah, it's true. Like, I mean, what has NASA just kind of been spinning its wheels for the past, like, yeah, 40 years, like kind of after the shuttle program ended and stuff to like, man, right. They haven't really been doing it. They haven't had a real direction. But do you think do you kind of attribute their focus on going to Mars now because of the success and influence of people like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and stuff? Yeah, maybe. And and also the public the the public imagination has gotten reunited as well. Yeah. Like, we like you and I are talking about it, you know, people are talking about it, you know, like yeah. you always I mean, I'm gonna go on a little tangent here, but like um you know stuff hits critical mass when real normal people are talking about it. Yeah. Like I remember back you know, a few years ago when cryptocurrency was like taking off like crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I remember playing a, I was playing some poker at a casino uh-huh. and somebody was asking me about crypto. Uh-huh. Like he was like, oh, should I invest? By the way, the advice I told him was don't invest more than you can, that you're okay with losing. So that yeah. was my advice to him. But I mean, that's a practical advice, but that's not what we want to hear. That's not what we want to hear because we want to be rich. Right? Yeah. But anyway, so <laughs> my point is... <laughs> When he was asking about it, I just realized at that point that cryptocurrency was taking off. You know, and the same thing has been happening with space for a long time. Now. Yeah. Like normal people are talking about space. Yeah. And that is great. Yeah. 100% agree. It's fun. Okay. So what comes after Mars? Mm. We land on Mars. Well, I guess let's, okay, let me. Yeah, I'm going to do take one of my topics if that's yeah. okay. Sure, sure, sure. So this is just, I don't know, we're kind of bouncing back and forth. Mm-hmm. But I just want to talk about like what it's kind of going to be like, like what we're looking at if we do get on Mars and the challenges we face. Yeah. Okay. So we're looking at Mars is like, it kind of has the misconception of being hot because it's red. Yeah. And I still even think that sometimes, which is like <laughs> unbelievable, but it's, it's freezing there. Mm-hmm. It's like literally freezing. Like it, it rarely gets above the freezing point of water like mm-hmm. it really gets above that it goes below that all the time mm-hmm. so it's it's cold okay it's cold and then but that is also good because that means there's there's ice on the surface yeah. so there's water so you just dig a few feet down and you hit the permafrost so you mm-hmm. could excavate it you can get ice melt it purify it for drinking water or you can extract the oxygen for breathing right and the hydrogen for heating and yeah. possibly rocket fuel. Exactly, right. So there's, that's, that's the good news. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be very pleasant temperature-wise. So like if there's any sort of like power outage or stuff or anything like that, it's basically like life or death. Sure. Like, sure. And quickly. Right. And also because the atmosphere of Mars is so thin compared to 
Earth and the gravitation or the magnetic field is so weak, the radiation from space isn't absorbed mm. or deflected as it is on Earth. So you're going to get it. Uh, there's a bunch of radiation. That's like a real problem, right. especially like extended living on Mars. Right. Like even if you're in like a little, I don't know, or a little, you know, biodome bubble kind of thing, like unless it's made out of lead or however that works, like you're going to get radiation. Right. So that's like a big issue. Uh, good news is the day on Mars is basically about the same as a day on Earth. So that's good. Uh, the tilt of Mars with respect to the sun is also about the same as Earth. So we got lucky on those two. But gravity is only about 40% of what it, here, of what it is on Earth. Right. So like kind of cool. Like you're going to feel like you're on a different planet like space-wise and stuff and you can jump around. But it, it presents some issues because – you're going to have some like serious bone and muscle density loss and everything. You're going to have to like exercise a couple hours a day. Absolutely. Which that like sucks. Yeah. Nope. That's going to be hard. People don't yeah. exercise 10 minutes a day here. Right. You know, but maybe in 40% less gravity or 60% less gravity, you'll be, you'll be motivated to. Right. Otherwise you're going to come back home all week. Yeah. Weak sauce. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like, maybe you kind of have to like make the choice to live on Mars permanently Mm -hmm. because that's going to be a tough like transition back to earth with that gravity situation. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that, that might be a question for people, right? It's like, yeah. Do you ever want to come back? Some people might say no. Yeah. You know, like there's a ton more out there than there is on earth. Mm -hmm. I mean, relatively speaking, I don't want to hate on earth, but like there's, I mean, maybe people will just choose to go to Mars and from Mars go to Jupiter or whatever and just keep going. I mean, you can't live on Jupiter, but you can live on the moon and Jupiter and just keep going. Right. You mean like in the, in the distant future? Distant future. Okay, I see. I see what you mean. Yeah, because the first trips to – like the first colonists who go to Mars, it's going to be a nightmare for them. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Like bringing supplies there is going to be a crazy challenge. Yeah. It's you can sort of compare it to the journey of coming to like the new world ish. Yeah. You know, uh, like Christopher Columbus. That's not the c- correct guy anymore. <laughs> you know, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like that. But at, I don't know. A hundred times is hard. Yeah. So. So that's what they're doing. It's literally colonists are colonizing Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, so that's kind of what I have to say about Mars. It's not going to be great. But the gravity thing's kind of fun because. There's just a small thing on here about like the different sports that you could play on Mars. Right. Like they're going to be different. Like we have to create like mega sports. Yes. Yeah. They're like just crazy things just because of the, because of the gravity difference, but also because of the, uh, the reduced air pressure without right. the, uh, yeah, I, whatever, just reduced air pressure. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you can't like throw a ball the same, like a, a football is not going to spiral the same. So, like, you can't – some sports you can't even translate. Exactly. Like, you know, I think he was talking in the book about how sports stars get paid millions and millions and millions of dollars because they can control precisely a ball. Mm-hmm. Those skills don't translate to Mars. No. Which means a new crop of sports stars, yeah. Martian sports stars, right. will rise up. Yeah. So that's, like, the fun, interesting stuff that we're really going to see a lot of, I think. Yeah. So, okay. That's all I have to say on Mars. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, so this is kind of like a thing I was thinking about. Do you think the, f- is it initially going to be like tourism to Mars? 
like they'll set up a kind of a small colony type of thing, like a home base, and you'll people will sign up, probably wealthy people at first, definitely wealthy people at first, and they'll go to Mars for you know the two year period or whatever. They'll live on Mars. They'll probably have a job to do while they're on there, but then they're going to head back home. Like it's always planned to be like a kind of a tourism trip where you're you're just visiting. You know, my personal opinion on that is the tourism, space tourism is going to start orbiting Earth. Like it's going to be around Earth and the moon. That's my personal opinion okay. first. Yeah, you're right. Um, and, you know, we see that with like, you know, Bezos's Blue Origin, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, Richard Branson, you know, they want to, you know, they want to make space tourism a thing, right? And yeah. I think like this is just my personal, strictly personal opinion mm-hmm. that Mars for the, the foreseeable future is going to just be building infrastructure mm-hmm. and maybe terraforming it so that we can live there. Yes. Yeah. And then the space tourism, yeah, maybe down the line, like maybe, I don't, I don't want to make any predictions because mm-hmm. first of all, I'm not that knowledgeable about it and yeah. I don't want to be wrong uh-huh. and hear this like a hundred years from now. So yeah, if I live that long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, even the, like as a tourist going there, it's not going to be like an enjoyable trip. Yeah. So something that wealthy, most wealthy folks probably would not be into anyway. Exactly. Okay. And I mean, I think it's kind of mundane, but we also have to think about like boredom on a spacecraft. Like yeah. it's going to take a long time mm-hmm. to get to Mars. Like you're going to get bored. Yeah. Like what do you do? Right. Yeah. It's not going to so, be like, I mean, eventually it'll be like a cruise ship, you mm-hmm. know, where it'll be a, That'll be like the fun part. It'd be like Wally. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's inevitable. But yeah, it's gonna be tough at first. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, I think I think infrastructure is gonna happen on Mars. And once we get to that point where it's a habitable planet, mm-hmm. then maybe we'll have, you know, we'll have it for recreation. But I think at this point we're we're just building infrastructure. Strictly right. my own opinion. I think you're right. It's inevitable. Like that's the easiest thing to do is to get, you know out of the Earth's atmosphere and experience some, you know, non-zero gravity right. in a ship for a little while and come back down. Exactly. So that'll be the first tourism and then to the moon and then to Mars, possibly. Right. So I think you're right. Well, thanks. <laughs> and interesting thing about Mars, uh, maybe the segue as well, which uh-huh. is the things we build on Mars is going to be super expensive. Yes. Like infrastructure is going to be wildly expensive so how do we pay for it yeah so we got to go a little bit outwards maybe to the mm-hmm. asteroid belt you know people say the asteroids are an asteroid is like a gold mine in space mm-hmm. it's like a big gold mine just floating around in space yeah and i think there was one line in the book where dr kaku was like the the resources on one asteroid they're thinking about roping into earth's orbit mm-hmm. they total 5.4 trillion dollars yeah like, could you imagine, like, being a trillionaire? <laughs> I know, just one asteroid, that's all it takes. You just got to rope one in. That's right. Yeah, that's crazy, because there is actually, like, a few, a handful of companies working on that. Mm-hmm. With, like, big money backing them, because the upside is so big. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of a long shot, but there's a big upside. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So that's kind of the first step to, like, get building anything sort of building anything in space, but also on Mars is figuring out how to find raw materials and set up factories to create stuff that you need there because shipping stuff from earth, getting it out of our 
out of the gravitational or out of our atmosphere mm-hmm. is just too expensive. Sure. So you're going to have to start figuring out how to make stuff at where you're at. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, when we when we get into the we get to the point where we're talking about self-replicating robots, mm-hmm. when we perfect that, you know, it'll be amazing because now we can send robots out and robots can take the material on different uh, celestial bodies mm-hmm. and you know, replicate themselves and build infrastructure for us. Yeah. So that when we're ready to go to go somewhere, uh-huh. everything's already made for us. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Like we, that doesn't seem too far. That, that seems very plausible to me that we'll just send these, we'll just send robots out to do basically all the hard work for us in the future. Like right now we're talking about humans having to go to Mars and figure out all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But once we can, get to the technology of like the self-replicating robots and AI and stuff, then we can just send them out to do it for us. Right. Which is great. And that's also why AI is important, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when we send them, when we send, I mean, robots right now, what we're talking about is we can talk about remote control robots, mm-hmm. you know, but later on, we're going to have to talk about automatons, you know, robots that can work on their own. Yeah. And then later on, as we go farther out into the galaxy, we got to talk about, you know, robots equipped with AI, you know, artificial intelligence robots that can make decisions on their own. Right. You know, because who knows what's out there? There's, it's impossible to predict mm-hmm. to a T what's out there. Yeah. So robots are going to need to make decisions on the fly and learn what's going to happen based on what they experience. Yeah, totally. That's like the, what's interesting about this book too is because it's not just going to, you know, different like expanding out from the earth to different planets and everything, but it's the technology that we're inventing today is what's going to allow us to do that. And not just like rocket wise, but like, uh, like AI wise with robots doing this stuff for us, self-replicating robots, nanotechnology, and even like human longevity, because like these trips are going to be so long, Mm. like they're going to be multiple generations of humans as of our generation length today. So it's like no one's really going to want to go on a trip that's 400 years long unless you live forever, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of like things brewing together to create this like perfect storm of like the ultimate humanity. Ultimate humanity. Yeah. Exactly. That's pretty and exciting. Actually, uh, you mentioned nano nanotechnology. Mm-hmm. And I think on that note, it's really important to talk about how we're going to get to where we need to go. Okay. Right? Like, you know, Dr. Kaku talks about light sails, you know, laser sails. Mm-hmm. And or for, for everyone who doesn't know yet, it's basically you put a computer chip on a gigantic sail. Yes. And you shoot a huge laser at it mm-hmm. to propel it. It's fascinating stuff. I can't get into the physics. I don't know if you know the physics behind it, but I certainly don't. I can't explain it well. I don't want to embarrass myself. Yeah. But it's like fascinating. And the thing about laser sails is we can create one with current day technology. Yes. Isn't that like amazing? It's like so we can cool. just make it. Yeah. And um, Stephen Hawking was saying how a laser sail, we can make a laser sail that would travel at a fifth of the speed of light and send it out. And in 20 years, it'll reach Alpha Centauri. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. It's so cool. Like we have like a lot of the stuff we have it or we're really close and we could do it on like a smaller scale, but it's just the 
a, a lot of it holding it back is the money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, to build like this big infrastructure uh, infrastructure for things. Yeah. Yeah. On the money note, I think it was like the estimate was like 10 to 50 billion dollars. Yeah. And uh I think the International Space Station cost like 150 billion. Yeah. So we can do it. We can do it. You're right. We just got to pay for it. But like what would be the point of doing that now because we don't have like what would we send out on that laser sail? Yeah. Well, essentially it would be like a probe. So I see your point, but the probe would send back a ton of useful information. Like we've never been at Alpha Centauri. Yeah. Right. So while it's going by Alpha Cent, it would transmit back information. I think the I think the word on the street is it would take like four years for the information to get sent back. Right. But if we the have the word the, <laughs> You know, the word on the street, you know, the oh, word yeah, of science, so, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um but if we're willing to, you know, pay that money, uh-huh. you know, we can get the information. <clears throat> Yeah. No, it is cool. It's this a lot of stuff is attainable. This isn't science fiction. It's possible science fact. It's science fact. Yeah. It's definitely science fact. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So where do we go from here? What should we talk about? I think we should talk about oh, really quick, while we're at like the asteroid belt and stuff, uh-huh. like keep on going out. Um the reason we keep on going out, instead of trying to go from our solar system straight to like, I don't know, God knows where, is we think of it like island hopping, right? Yeah. So like we don't try to we don't try to cross the ocean all in one go. We hit the islands along the way. Yes. So after we go from the moon, we go to Mars, we go to the asteroid belt, you know, and become trillionaires. We go to <laughs> we go to the moons, you know, on you know Jupiter yeah. or Saturn, right? Mm-hmm. We have spaceports there. After that, we go out to the the Kuiper belt. Mm-hmm. You know, there are comets there. We we put. Uh, you know, spaceports there, yep. put bases there, and we keep on expanding out. Or cloud, then we can go to the Alpha Sun. Mm-hmm. Like that's how we do it. Yeah, you know, we have different bases every single way, every single step along the way. Yeah, and that's how we get out there. I think that kind of wraps up our discussion of like how to how we're going to get out. Mm-hmm. No, it's a pretty logical like step by step progression. Mm-hmm. It, it's the only way that makes sense. I it's think only that makes sense. I think everybody pretty much agrees on that. Right. And on that note, in terms of laser porting, uh-huh. um, again, to explain, you know, just for anyone who doesn't know, laser porting is basically, oh, you know, we have to talk about something first. We have to talk about mapping neurons in the brain, which I think, yes. I think you're quite knowledgeable about that. Okay. Well, no, this is, okay. Yeah. I can, I can lay down some info on this. Yeah. So, okay. Mapping neurons in the brain. So what you're essentially doing, this means like you're ba- like think of it as creating an exact replica of your brain like everything that you have in there being replicated onto a like a machine like yeah. a hard drive literally like almost literally right like that's what it is it's isn't that like so cool <laughs> it's insanity to me okay i'm trying to find this on here i yeah, have sure. i have a lot of stuff like on this you're a learned man Yes. Okay. Okay. So like the question is like, can the, okay, wait, let me not. Okay. I want to talk about like the soul and stuff like that. Ooh, the soul. Yeah. Like being digitized. Like what does that even mean yeah. to be, to like digitize your mind sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will, I'll hold, I'll first talk about basically this whole thing. So you have, your brain has neurons. Okay. 
and like this is so hard for me. Like I, I'm not good at this. It's wild. Okay, so your brain has neurons, and then essentially when you're when you're kind of like comping your mind, you're putting it into transistors in a computer, like electronic transistors, I guess. And you're literally copying like all of your personality, your memories and everything are just being copied onto these transistors. And that's it. Yeah. It's, it's fairly simple. Fairly like, simple. Like when you think of it like that, instead of having like a biological brain, you have like a, what's the word? Not mechanical, but like, like a digital, like a digital brain. And that's all it is. Right. So this is my question. And like what I thought, like what I'm curious about is if you, oops, sorry. (laughs) Sorry for the mic noise. Uh, (laughs) If you essentially like replicate your brain onto a computer, like digitize your whole consciousness onto a computer, is that you? Mm. You know what I mean? Like is your the data in your neurons in your brain is that entirely you or is there like something else under there that's a good question you know what i mean because like my thought is if it if it's a we got to assume it's like a perfect replica like there's nothing it's exact okay for this so my thought is everybody else in the world will not know the difference that it's not you Mm-hmm. Right, because you'll do everything exactly the same. You'll talk the same. You'll interact the same as you would normally. But like, are you in there? Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. So we're bringing this into, into philosophy. Huh? I guess, but it's not. It's like if we're literally digitizing our mind and sending our like laser pointing porting our brains. Are we sending ourselves there or did we just kill ourselves and duplicate <laughs> ourselves mm. as another like entity? You know what? I think that's a question that every person themselves is going to have to answer for themselves. Like, like what I mean by that is how much do you value? Mm-hmm. How much value do you put on your mind in combination with your body? Like, is your body, is your physical body to you, uh-huh. is that part of you? Like, is my hand part of me? Like, do I need my hand to be me? Uh-huh. Do I need my arm, et cetera? And that's a question that each person is going to have to figure out. Okay, but I can get past the point where I can exist without my body. Mm. Like, I can understand that where I can be, like, live in a simulation like where I'm living in the Sims basically and I have like a, a superhero body and everything, but it's all just like a, like a computer graphics interface, but I'm in there or something like I could do that. But is it, is it still me? Ah, it's so hard. I can't even like explain it. I can't even put it into words. Well, but I just pondered that. Yeah. Like for me, like I have an answer. Okay. Hit me with it. I say yes. Okay. Like, I mean, for me, I wouldn't even, it's not agonizing for me at all. Like, really? I think if, if we can, like with the, you know, with the human connectome project, you know, if they can map every single one of my hundred billion neurons in my head, yes. in my brain, uh-huh. and put it into a computer, put it into a supercomputer. Yes. And if I can put that information into anything, whether that's a robotic body or, you know, what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say that's still me. Okay. Assuming everything's 
an exact replica. Yes, yeah. Okay, that, I'm, I'm fine to assume, assume away on that one. Right. For now. But I'm just like, I'm not even like very super religious, mm. but I'm like, isn't, isn't there like a soul or something? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I actually do know what you mean, yeah. And then like, let's say you're able to digitize your mind and you're completely in this, you know, you're basically in a supercomputer and then, but it's, it's a duplication. So you're still here, but you're also in this, like, do you, Mm. like, what does that mean to you? Right. That's a good question. I don't, I don't know what that would feel like. I don't have a currently a concept of how that would feel Uh like. I don't even know. Like, yeah. I can't even hypothesize about that. I don't have any, you know, parallel in reality yeah. to that right now. My instinct is like, well, great. There's an exact copy of me who acts exactly the way I do, mm-hmm. but I'm still here. Right. Like, I haven't been transported to this new thing. Right. I just can't get past it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what the ramifications will be yeah. of two of Travis, you know, being in the world. <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> I don't know what it would mean for you. Like, how would right. you feel? Yeah. You know, and, oh, and by the way, I feel like an interesting thing to bring up is, you know, we're humans, right? Mm-hmm. We're biological. Mm-hmm. There is something that you said about energy, like the way you feel. Yes. I wonder if that would translate if all your neurons were mapped out in a computer. You know what I mean? Like feeling. I mean, a feeling is just a, well, what do you mean by feeling? Like, you know how sometimes you just know stuff? Like your subconscious just tells you something? Mm-hmm. Or like you'll see something happening across the way and you're like, I know exactly what's happening. Right. Like it's intuition. Yeah. You know, like I believe in that, you know, I think anybody actually does believe, everybody believes in that. They just you're shaking your head no. I I think that's you're perceiving something to be more than it is because I think that's mm. you're just using like your previous experiences and knowledge to help predict or like think that something is going is is going to happen over there. Maybe well not exactly, not exactly. Okay, here. All right. We're getting debate mode here, huh? Yeah. So what I'm saying is like okay, let's just give you a simple example right so let's just say you know we're humans we like to go to concerts Mm -hmm. why do we like to go to concerts we can hear the music on spotify why do we go to live shows well because of the well first of all the audio stimulation auditory like you would on spotify but it's different okay because it's louder there's a feeling in like that you're your body picks up from like the actual feeling of the speakers mm-hmm. and, and things like that. You're in a crowd. So you're with a group of people, which you is generally a different experience than being alone. So it's a different experience. It's an experience. It's a feeling, right? It's nothing more than you have five senses and your senses are picking up things and converting that into electrical pulses in your brain. Mm. So, you, okay, so to your, your answer to my question is there wouldn't be a difference. No, that can all be replicated with the proper technology. Okay, interesting. Because I, I will say really quick, I read this anecdote one time. Of, mm-hmm. There's like a famous investor. I think it might have been like George Soros or something. And the anecdote was 
he could tell when the market was going to crash or something like that. He could tell some way that the market was going to perform because when that thing was going to happen, his back would seize up. Do you know what I mean? Like his intuition would just tell him stuff. And I wonder if we would have that same intuition if our mind's in the computer, even if all the neurons are the same. Okay. I, I feel you. I feel like a good example maybe of what you're talking about is how you can like you're you're in your car and you can feel like the person in the car next to you like looking at you. Yeah. Even though they're not even in your peripheral. Maybe they are in your peripheral and that's how you that's how it works. Right, right, right. But like it feels like you can you can feel when somebody's looking at you. But like why? Right. So like I I understand you a little bit. I get what you're saying. Yeah. That's why I feel like there's more there's almost more to it than just copying your brain. Sure. But I'm also like, well, when you look at it like as everything in your body is just like an instrument sending like information to your brain, which then, you know, does what it wants with it, which can all be recreated. Like to recreate the eye, it's just a camera sending electrical information to your brain. Sure. And we're already replicating that stuff with like, you know, handicapped eyes for people who can't see and stuff. Exactly. So I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's maybe maybe one day we can just make a one-to-one replica of everything. Right? Yeah. We can just make almost like perfectly literally another of you and me. Mm-hmm. With the same hand, skin, eyes, feet, mm-hmm. everything. Right. But you said make a replica. <laughs> So like, okay, so this, are you going to nail me on this? Huh? So this is, okay, well, explain what laser porting is while I go get some more water. Okay, okay. Well, I didn't know you can do that on Travis's podcast. <laughs> hey, you want some? I think we're just pinned to the seat. Yeah, I'll, I'll, take a, I'll take another one of this if you have any more. Would you have code? Yeah, if I can. Yes. This is highly unusual for podcast. I mean, this is nothing professional. <laughs> Ooh, fizz. Oh, beautiful. Okay, that's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're, uh, we're not sponsored by Coca-Cola, by the way. Right. This is some generic cola. It could be like RC cola. <laughs> it's RC. It's Royal Crown. Royal Crown. It could be Pepsi. It could be the boilerplate. Generic cola you see in your supermarket shelf. All right. Well, cheers. Oh, cheers. <laughs> I bet that sounded good. <laughs> I want to hear what that sounds like on the. I think the your cup is plastic, though. Mine's glass. Mm. All right. Oh, I didn't know it was a. Yeah, I didn't no, trust like it. I didn't trust you with a glass cup. I know nobody does. Mm-hmm. This is from the Improv. Yeah. Wow. I you got, got the, this from the Improv. I got that at the Irvine Improv. Oh. I saw. What did I say? I don't remember. Must not have been that funny. <laughs> oh, I saw Kevin Nealon. Oh, I'm sorry, Kevin Nealon. I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great show. If you want to go see Kevin Nealon, highly recommend it. He's fun. Okay. I saw John Oliver there one time. Oh, I would love to see John Oliver. Yeah. Was he Let's good? go sometime. Let's go. Yeah. That's right. In your neck of the woods, huh? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I he's s- super funny. I Bullshit. saw John Oliver like briefly at a... At a like a kind of a benefit thing, 
there was a bunch of comedians like Conan was there, mm. John Oliver was there, Trevor Noah was there, Red Hot Chili Peppers played too. Wow. It was a fun little thing. Wow. Okay. What was the benefit for? It was, uh, I think it was like a Wounded Warriors. I don't think it was them, but it was like a type of that similar got it, got it, kind got of thing. Yeah. Got it. All right. So laser porting. <laughs> yes. Hit me with what laser porting is. Okay. So laser porting. Now that we've talked about mapping the neurons in the brain, right? Mm-hmm. So like a connectome, we're talking about a connectome, right? A connectome is basically a, na- a map of all the neural pathways in your brain. Yes. So it's basically a brain. So laser porting, what's amazing about laser porting is you can put your, the information in your connectome mm-hmm. into a laser because a laser can hold infinite information. Mm-hmm. Beam that laser anywhere you want. It travels at the speed of light. Yes. Makes it to your destination. Then when it makes it to your destination, your connectome will be uploaded to a supercomputer, to a mainframe computer. Mm-hmm. Once it is, your connectome can control an avatar on that planet. Yes. And it doesn't matter what the atmosphere is like, temperature, gravity, because that avatar will be specifically made to handle that, to survive in that. Okay. Isn't that amazing? It's really cool. You could be like, man, I'll, I'll, Travis, let's... Let's go to the moon. Yeah. You're like, all right, boom, one second, boom, we're there. Yeah. Or like, I want to go to Mars, like, a couple minutes there. You're basically jumping from, like, body to body. Yeah. And the bodies are in different spots, different places. Exactly. It's almost like teleporting. It's almost like teleporting. Yeah. Like, that could be the, that could be the future. Like, that's essentially teleporting. Right. Right? Like, even here on Earth, I mean, Dr. Kago didn't talk about this in his book, but even here on Earth, if we could laser port... That's essentially like teleporting. Like, if, like, do we even have to like drive 40 minutes to hang out with each other anymore? Yeah, no, we, we wouldn't have to. Yeah, I would never visit you again. Well, I wouldn't expect you to. <laughs> There'd be no point. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky you do now anyway. <laughs> okay, so here's, let's like, that's awesome. And I love that, but I want to bring it back to my question because- Oh, it's I, all about you. Because huh? I just cannot get past it. <laughs> so, okay. Let's say we're, okay, we're, we'll use you, okay? Mm-hmm. You, your connectome's been like mapped and everything, or I don't know, how, however it's going to work. But you're here on Earth, and you're going to get laser ported to Mars. You're like standing in the queue, and it's about to happen, mm-hmm. okay? So, are you, is- a laser is basically just sending information, correct? It could send like an Instagram post if it wanted to. Sure. Okay. So it's sending the information. It's sending you as bits of information to Mars. Okay. Does it literally like instead of like to equate it to like a computer, like dragging and dropping a file from a folder onto your desktop? Are we dragging and dropping you there? Or can we do, you know, control C, copy you, and then control V, paste you in Mars, Mm. on Mars as well. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then there's two of you. But is the the you that we pasted on Mars, is that actually you? Mm. And to go off, to riff off what you're talking about, what if... So let's say like you commit a crime in one of you, 
Oh, man. Is that you? Dude, this is a screenplay. That is a screenplay. That's a good idea. It's probably how sci-fi writers get their starts. Yeah. This, yeah. I bet they have late night conversations like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think about that? About the crime thing? Yeah, about the crime thing. Man. <laughs> I, me, I'm leading to believe that it's a different... It's two different entities, mm. like two different beings mm. that have happen to have the same memories and brain wiring and everything, but they're different. Be- yeah. And I don't know why. You know what? I have a I have a counter to that just to play devil's advocate. Okay, please. Which is let's say we do classify them as two different beings, two mm. different entities. Yeah. And let's say your connectome on Mars commits a crime. Okay. How do you punish that? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like you put him in like connectome jail? Yeah, I don't know. Do you just destroy it? On that note, what if it's really easy to map out people's brains? And you could create not just one, but multiple copies. Yeah. How would you do that? Like what if Five of you, five of your connectomes committed crimes. You know, what's the punishment for that? Are they in a in like another biological body or are they just sure? Because then I'm like, oh, you could throw them in prison. And see, I, I guess that's a dilemma, right? Which is like, if it's so easy to create these uh-huh. copies, yeah, let's say you could create a million, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't matter if you got thrown in jail. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. So I think it would raise a ton of ethical questions. Right. Like, are you going to be allowed to have two of you? You know, beyond the question of if it's even possible to have two of you. Yeah. You know, uh, will you be allowed to? And right. if, you are al- if you are not allowed to, mm-hmm. who's going to stop you? That's true. You know, like a government says, oh, you can't do it. Maybe some rogue actor says, I'm not going to follow the law. Yeah. And I'm going to do it anyway. And now I'm like Voldemort with seven Horcruxes. <laughs> wow. That was good. That was good. I'm not even a big Harry Potter fan, but I, got, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. That stuff's like crazy to me. It almost makes me think like maybe we don't – like maybe we're never safe from technology. Mm-hmm. Like because that's a good point. If you can just duplicate yourself like that, how can you ever be like caught and prosecuted for something? Yeah. You know, you could just sabotage so much stuff. Yeah. And that's just one thing we thought of. Yeah. We thought of that one. That wasn't even in the book. <laughs> yeah, we thought, thank you, Dr. Kaku. Yeah. We dedicate this thought to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I don't think there's an, an answer really as of now for that kind of stuff. And, like, whether you're – if you're being laser ported, if it's you being laser ported or what the deal is. I guess not until we do it, but even if we do it, can you, there's not an answer. Yeah. I guess we'll just have to wait. I mean, well, actually, you know what? I take that back. I immediately take that back. Because you know how we talk about the implications of AI, for example, like the ethics of AI? We have to figure that stuff out now. Mm-hmm. Well in advance of when AI gets to the point that it's super intelligent and surpasses our intelligence. We have to... We have to figure these ethics 
out before that time. We yeah. can't be like, oh, just wait till it happens. Right. Because, I mean, your guest last time, your guest on the one of the previous podcasts mm-hmm. was like, I mean, when we're dead, if we're dead, if yeah. we die, you know, our obituary is going to say, I mean, ah, we thought it was too complicated. Right. There's no second chance with AI. There's zero second chance. Yeah. Same thing with connectums, potentially, and laser reporting. And, you know, what happens if your connectum commits, commits a crime? You know, same thing with that. We have to figure all of that stuff out. Yeah. Man, oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Me neither. We need to just move on because this is like <laughs> destroying my brain. You need to you need to map your brain out. Yeah. It's like it's like in a good way. Like I love this. I I love thinking about this, but sometimes I dig in too deep and it just it's like frustrating. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, no, I got get you. Yeah. Okay. So where should we go now? Do you have something you want to cover? <laughs> uh let me think about it. Covered laser reporting. Didn't you want to talk about... Um, okay, so we're talking about zooming throughout the galaxy, right? Yes. We sort of, we sort of didn't talk about human longevity. Well, we did kind of talk about human longevity, but uh, I'm not very knowledgeable about that, I'll admit. Um, but the one thing I will say is the transhuman movement, transhumanism, which is about extending your lifespan, Yes, is... Really, really cool stuff, and I don't believe there were many chapters about it. There was a there was a substantial chapter about it, mm-hmm. so I kind of contradicted myself. But anyway, I I basically what I'm saying is I glazed it, I glazed over it, and read more about laser reporting and stuff. Yeah, than, than that. But I resolved to learn more about transhumanism. Mm-hmm. I did see a book in my library one time about it, and I will read that. Okay. So to make up for my gap in knowledge. I will look up transhumanism and I implore everyone to look it up too. <laughs> okay. You know, it's interesting. It could be like, we could do a whole, we could probably read a book on that and do a whole other one of these things. Sure. Yeah. Cause exactly. it, so transhumanism is just hum- extending or like our longevity, just living longer. Yeah. Okay. And we're working on that right now. You know, alphabet, you know, Google, mm-hmm. Google alphabet. I mean, they have a company called Calico. Yeah. That's working on human, human longevity. Right what, like what's their approach to it? You know, again, I need to read more about this, but okay. uh, that's all I know so far. Yeah. So everyone can do a little digging on their own about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically just like, cause there's only so far you can go with like good nutrition and things like that. Cause like there's something about the telomeres wearing out yeah. and, and things like that. So like you need to kind of like genetically find the things that are wearing down your body and that show in that age and then reverse that or pause it. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like the tactic that most companies are taking. Yeah. I think scientists, uh, I think that's like uh, actually a fairly new discovery in science. Oh, yeah. An interesting thing also where uh, they did an experiment where they had two rats, like an old rat and a young rat. Mm-hmm. And I believe they, uh, they, they fused the young rat's blood cells with the old rat's blood cells. Mm-hmm. Into the old rat, and the old rat became young. Yes. Do you remember that from the book? Isn't that wild? I do remember that. And it just, it makes me think, because that's like, I don't know if it's actually happening, but it was on an episode of Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah. Where the, the like, you know, the huge billionaire is like, has a young guy like, oh. hanging around his house, and they're just getting like blood transfusions. Oh, yeah. Like the young guy's blood is just going into the old guy. Like a vampire? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Because I guess there's like, I mean, it's all preliminary kind of research, but it, it's sort of showing that that helps, I guess. 
Yeah. So I don't know if that's a real, if you can actually get that done. Sure. Legally. Sure. But maybe, maybe if you just find someone and do it yourself. I mean, there are tons of ethical questions about it too, right? Yeah. Like, and, uh, you know, like, uh, changing our genes, for example, like if you're a parent and you can change the gene, change the DNA of your, your kid, mm-hmm. like, should that be allowed? Yeah. I don't know. Like, are you allowed to have a kid by design that's like 50 IQ smarter than me? Right. Or like just taller and better looking yeah. than me? Maybe everybody on the planet will want to do that and we'll all look, we'll just be beautiful and tall and sexy. That's the thing where I feel like, yes, I think if it betters, if it makes you kind of like, happier and healthier and like kind of live longer without you know suffering then why not especially if we can eventually get and it's like every technology at first it's only going to be for the rich people Mm -hmm. and like wealthy and that's what like people always criticize but that's it that just means once they're doing it it's inevitably going to start to like it's going to go get down in cost and everybody's going to have it Sure. So like, yeah, the the transition time where it's like only some people are able to do that may suck. And now that I'm just saying that it might be scary because, you know, if they have, if some people are born with a higher IQ, like that they've modified and stuff like that could get a little dicey where they are smart enough to figure out how to make sure only them and their class and their group get it and it doesn't go down. But I mean, whatever, not to get into all that. But you like, raise a good point. If it can benefit all of humanity and everybody can eventually have this technology, then I don't see why anyone would turn that down logically. Sure. I mean, that's, that's the crux of transhumanism, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, if I have the opportunity to make myself better, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I do it? Yeah. Totally. So that's all I have to say about transhumanism. It's okay. fascinating stuff as well. Yeah. And it's an essential path if we are to live forever, you know. Yeah. It could be the bridge into digitizing our minds mm-hmm. and living as robots, essentially. I just feel like negative on the fact on the the ability that we'll be able to live more than a couple hundred years in our, like our biological bodies that we're given Uh i feel like we're gonna have to become like cyborgs that like or be uploaded into like a simulation or something or you know total just become robots completely or something you know what i mean that's just how i feel naturally like how much can you really how long can this like this pale fleshy thing really last you know this glorious (laughs) yeah yeah it's shimmering under the sweat glistening yeah this kitchen fluorescent light yeah i think you're bringing a great point um i think that leads to the concept of like if we're gonna put if we're gonna go out into the cosmos Mm -hmm. are we gonna put our physical bodies yeah yeah into starships it seems not logical to do that right yeah like if we were to talk about just going to Alpha Send. 4.3 light years away. And currently we can't even travel at the speed of light. No. Like we can't even do that yet. Right. So even assuming that you could, yeah. it would take you four years. 
Mm-hmm. And that's just to the closest star system to our solar system. Yeah. Just that, 4.3 years. And when we consider how big the galaxy is, even if you could travel at the speed of light, it'll take you years and years and years and years and years and years for your physical body to get somewhere. Yeah. And, and plus, who knows what's happening in space, right? Like, you, there could be, you, you said on Mars, for example, like, people's bone density is going to decrease. Mm-hmm. Who knows what might happen on a different planet? You know, you would need to morph yourself, biologically speaking, yeah, in order to survive on that kind of planet. Yeah. A problem that you might not have if you could just beam your connectome across the solar system. Right. And then be in an avatar, you know, body that is suited for that planet. Right. Yeah. That seems like, so, that seems like the much quicker, more logical way to go. Right. I think. Oh, and by the way, I got to say on the topic of uh, speed of light. Mm-hmm. So apparently, I mean, I don't want to get into like super physics because I'm not very knowledgeable about it and I don't want to be ridiculed yeah (laughs) (laughs) but apparently we cannot travel faster than the speed of light Mm -hmm. unless we use for example wormholes oh yeah you ever seen okay go on on. you ever seen interstellar yes you know that scene where um one of the guys folds a piece of paper Mm -hmm. and sticks a pencil through it yeah yeah wormholes yeah so by that method we can travel faster than the speed of light einstein told us that we cannot travel faster than the speed of light except under very circumstances very 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 specific circumstances yes like wormholes yeah it's great so it's sort of like yeah to like explain the paper thing it's like you're on the one side of the paper and then to get to the other side of the paper instead of going following the trail of the paper you go through the pencil which is the wormhole Exactly. Exactly. So to me, I'm like, well, you didn't really go faster than the speed of light. You just found a shortcut. Right. You know? Exactly. So it kind of holds up to that, to Einstein's theory still. In my mind, I don't know if that's correct. I was actually thinking the same thing. Okay. And I believe if you get a physicist on this podcast, he'll be able to educate us. Uh, Physicists would never come on here, they would would never waste their time. Come on, we need to know. Right. Yeah. But so, okay, what was I going to say? <laughs> this, is, this is riveting material. Riveting. Yeah, the listeners love this when I can't remember what to say. Ah, I don't know. We were talking about uh, light speed. Oh, yeah. okay. About, so then the question comes, you know, are wormhole, are there naturally occurring wormholes? And can we create them artificially? As I recall, we can. Mm-hmm. I mean, not we, but it is possible. Yeah. But, ooh, I'm getting to very dicey physics territory here. We would need to hold it open. Otherwise, we would get crushed. Yes, that's the thing. Is that Can you even travel through a wormhole too? too? <laughs> <laughs> it's not even known if you can literally, if you can survive traveling through a wormhole. Right. But then it's like, well, do our bodies need to survive or can we just laser port through it? Mm. You know what I mean? That is I I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Solves a lot of issues if we don't have these fleshy blobs following us around. That's save that question for when you have your physicists on. Yeah. Because I, I would like to know. Yeah. I'd be interested. I mean, seems like it would work. 
Yeah. I don't know. And by the way, I was, I'll take this to like a high level physical, uh, I mean, a philosophical discussion, which is, you know why Dr. Kaku is so knowledgeable now? Why? It's because this stuff fascinated him as a kid. Mm-hmm. And he realized that if he wanted to talk about this cogently, you know, and not just fantasize and actually know whether things would work, yeah. he had to learn a bunch of math and a bunch of physics. Yeah. So that might be a motivation for us to start learning some math. I, I, I kind of thrive on the... Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't argue with that. You're right. I just don't want to. <laughs> and on that note, I will say, it's important to know why you're learning anything. Yeah. And I regret not having that why in school. Oh, okay. you know, and I think, I think young people today, mm-hmm. I would hope that they try to develop their why of learning. You know, like in college, I took a lot of BS courses. Mm-hmm. I was great at getting through college, right? But I regret not taking more things that genuinely interested. Yeah, you know, and for that reason, you know, I could have spent years learning about this. Mm-hmm. And I would have been able to like crush you on this podcast with all this. I'm just kidding. I know that would have been nice because <laughs> we're struggling now. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, seriously, I would have been able to explain wormholes to you. Yeah, or like string theory to you right now. Right. But I can't. So my point is, it's important to know why you're learning something. You know, mm-hmm. don't just learn a bunch of math. Understand why you're learning a bunch of math. Mm-hmm. And I think we can all do that in education. Wow, that was nice. Well said. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. All right. End the podcast. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, okay. I want to talk about, okay, well, real quick. Sorry. One other thing to talk about is when we're going to like these crazy distances where, you know, 4.3 light years, it's like, okay, 4.3 years, but you can't really communicate very well with anybody else. Assuming that I think we pretty much have to assume that you can't really go faster than the speed of light, even like sending information. Right. Right. So like you can't have a Skype call with somebody that's 4.3 light years away. Right. It's just not possible. So you're not going to have a lot of connection and like things with that. So you're going to have different cultures start to emerge very, very quickly. And they're going to be very different than we see here between our different cultures on earth because they're going to have really limited contact between each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, isn't that kind of what happened with uh, the first or uh, the surviving humans 75,000 years ago and how we all branched out? Yeah. 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 No, it would be, it'd be very similar to that. Cause like, likewise the, you know, humans in Africa did not have much contact with the humans in Greenland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It did, like literally probably the same as we would have between us and Alpha Centauri or, sure. you know, so. I think you'd be I just really find cool. It interesting. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be really cool to see how people develop. Yeah. You know, like somebody living on, I don't know, on a comet. I don't know if you can make civilization on a comet, but like, let's just say someone living on a, in, in Alpha Cent. Mm-hmm. What would they be like compared to Earth? They'd have the Alpha Centauri slang. They'd like, what's so funny? You know, <laughs> we'd have so much different slang. Man, you might have predicted the future, man. Yeah. 
So maybe someone will listen to this many, 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 many years from now. I'm here you talking about right. how that needs to be alpha sense slang, and they'll adopt it. Oh, maybe they'll adopt it, or maybe they'll be like, "Damn, he was right on." Yeah. How did he do that? Maybe. Yeah. You want to know why? Maybe you will be on alpha sense. Oh, so I'll make it happen. You'll make it happen. Okay. It's like that guy who invented bling bling. They had him on What's MTV it? one time. What is that story? What do you mean? Uh. I actually don't remember the story, but they had him on MTV specifically because he invented the word bling. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And then who came? Then someone started saying bling bling. Yeah. They changed. They doubled it. Yeah. Or something like that. I don't know. Okay. You can well, have him. Thanks on. for that story, Kevin. <laughs> really useful, man. <laughs> okay. I think we're kind of. I feel like we're doing a good job. <laughs> I hope this is interesting. I, yeah. I think we're doing okay. Uh, to the three people that are listening right now. <laughs> three people, please judge us well. Um, okay, so I want to talk about elevators, space elevators. Because this is. Oh, elevators? Yes. I only want to hear you talk about elevators. Just elevators? Not space elevators. I love Otis. They're my favorite brand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You crushed me there. Okay, space elevator. No, I'm just kidding. I, I really want to hear about this too, actually. So this seems very promising to me as being like one of the the best ways for us to kind of start building a lot of infrastructure in space in the next century-ish time frame. And literally the idea is what you think it is, where instead of blasting off rockets with crazy amounts of fuel and thrust and everything out of the atmosphere, we have an elevator from Earth, from the surface of Earth, that goes up outside of, uh, what am I looking for, the atmosphere? Yeah, into space. Yeah. Into, into space, yeah. And that's it. It's an elevator. And it's been so, it's been shown to be like it's actually possible. Like it sounds like ridiculous, but it's possible. They're saying by like twenty thirty five. Are they saying that? Yeah, they're saying that. Really? It's possible by twenty thirty five. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I want to get into that a bit. So I have some notes here. Um. Yeah, you wouldn't even feel like the crushing G force because you're not like going that fast i guess it's just like a nice smooth elevator right up into out of the atmosphere uh so it was sort this was first like thought of in the 1880s by one of the engineers who worked on the uh eiffel tower yeah like, we went this high why don't we just keep going and so he, he kind of figured it out and apparently he used simple physics he used simple physics he says and you can keep up like a tower like cable kind of thing that the elevator would need to go up on, you can keep it up just using centrifugal force, which is crazy. Because that crazy. I was always like, how do how would you what would you connect the right cable to? Yeah, but just centrifugal force keeps it keeps yeah, it up. You would you would connect it to a um, I think they call it a counterweight. Oh, okay. So like it would be a there would be a base on uh-huh. Earth. Yeah, and then there would be the tether. Right. So the uh, the elevator could go up. And yeah, it. and then at the top it would be not the top, but like the end, it would be a counterweight. There could be like a space station. Yes, somewhere where you get off. Yeah, and then exactly what you're talking about, which is centrifugal force, would keep that <laughs> from like crashing down. It would like keep it like taut, right? Keep it like pulled yeah. tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, that makes yeah. that makes sense to me. I then. believe. I believe. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that's right. Okay, but here's the issue. The the this is basically the only issue that we're running into aside from it's pretty expensive. Uh it's just that the stress on the cables would reach one hundred 
gigapascals of tension. Man, those gigapascals. Yeah, which exceeds the breaking point of steel, which is only two gigapascals. So steel cables would basically snap. We can't really do that. It's not going to work well. So the solution is to kind of use carbon nanotubes, pure carbon nanotubes, which are grown, I guess, and they're incredibly strong. They're strong enough. They pass that, that, uh, What's the gigapascals? <laughs> the gigapascals test. Yeah, they passed that for that. But unfortunately, right now, we can only manufacture them not longer than like a centimeter. Right. Like pure, pure ones. Right. So we need to figure out how to make those. That's kind of the main thing holding us back. But then this is my question to you. Is it also says here in the book that in 1999, NASA did a preliminary study that an elevator with a cable that was three feet wide, so like a big-ass cable, and 30,000 miles long could transport 15 tons of payload. So what, like, so a steel cable can work if it's three feet wide? Mm, I mean, I, I think a steel cable would snap because it, it wouldn't be able to handle the stress. Okay. Is that right? That's what he said, but then what, what was the study that NASA did? Oh, I believe they're saying that. Uh, I mean, I'm not looking at the book, and you are, so you're it's cheating. It's but right here, if you want. <laughs> uh, I mean, wouldn't it be you have to? You would have to make that from carbon nanotubes. Okay, so it has to be three feet wide of carbon nanotubes. Is that what they're saying? Right, but I'm not going to get quoted on that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, that that would make more sense, I guess. But yeah, I was confused. Okay, yeah. so what's the 2035 thing? I did you just hear read about I, that? I might be confusing it with something else. Okay. Because now that we talk about how difficult it is to make that much, uh, that many uh, carbon nanotubes, uh-huh. I'm kind of like, well, if we can't solve that, then how are we going to make a space elevator? But that is, I believe that year popped out at me while I was reading something. Okay. So this might be needed, this might need to be one of those like corrections later on. But mm-hmm. you know, I'll I'll email you. Yeah. No, it like it confused me. Because like this preliminary stat or study by NASA, they even say that like it was a 350-page report projecting that with enough funding and research, a space elevator capable of carrying a 20-ton payload would be po- oh might be possible by 2035. Oh, it was in the book. It was in the book. Yeah. So, but it doesn't say like relying on carbon nanotubes you're right you're right which confused me yeah actually you bring up a good point and it said it would only cost 10 billion to 50 billion a fraction of the 150 billion that went into the iss yeah so i'm like shit let's build this thing (laughs) like let's get a three foot wide cable and do it if it's steel if that's what they're talking about so yeah you're right i don't know the answer to that question actually you would need to ask dr kaku yeah, I'm confused. Yeah. I'm sure he gets a lot of questions. I so. bet. He, I'm sure he does. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Okay. And and also on that note, I mean, it's kind of like AI, mm-hmm. not as severe as AI, but like we would need to make sure we get it right the first time. Because could you imagine if that tether snaps? If a cable like that long snap, it would just wipe out the whole. It would just whip out everybody. Yeah. Yeah. There would be tons <laughs> oh, of debris. That yeah. Would be horrifying. If I watched a little video on this. Uh-huh. If it if it snaps at the base, uh-huh. I mean, tons of debris on Earth. Yeah. If it snaps from the counterweight, 
there'll be tons of debris in the atmosphere. So it'd be more difficult to get out yeah. of Earth. Ooh. And we don't want that. So we have to get it right the very first time. Yeah, you're right. Man, that's cool. Literally, the only thing it's physically possible, the only thing holding us back is we don't have a material strong enough. Right. Or the funding. Right. We're not sure. Right. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's just so cool to me. A space elevator is great. Like, that's great for tourism. Just take the ride up there, spend, you know, the afternoon there, have a space picnic, come mm-hmm. back down. Transporting, like, a bunch of, you know, equipment up there it gets so cheap all of a sudden. Right. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And they would power it with lasers, too, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah. I think so. I believe you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. I think it's. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, you know, that's one of the like most exciting things in this book for yeah. me because I feel like we're not too far from that. What I don't know. I just feel like that's it's really promising. Right. I uh, oh, I was going to say something. Um, the role of money. Mm-hmm. We've talked about money as the barrier multiple times on this show. Yeah, and it just goes to show you that the fuel of progress. Is not just ideas and knowledge. It's straight up cash. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So right. that's why you really respect somebody like Elon Musk who, who doesn't care about the money. Mm-hmm. He just looks at the cash as an asset to build the future. Yeah, that's true. It's like fuel. It's, it, it's like a force multiplier. It is like fuel. That's well said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what I'm saying is... Go make your money, man. Right. Oh, oh, you want me to do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll do it. I'll, I'll get some money, too. We can combine. Okay, we'll, money. P- we'll pitch in together. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's like this stuff, even if it's theoretically possible to build it right now, it may not be within the realm of possibility because of just the immense amount of time and what resources that you need to build things. Yeah. Yeah, so that yeah, that's the other aspect of we need to figure out the the actual step-by-step practical way to build to build these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Was that the last thing you wanted to talk about? I'm I got one more, one or two more. Okay, yeah, hit me. To like to wrap it up, to conclude it. Okay, so, good. Um I think what's really interesting is so Dr. Kaku talks a little bit about what ETs would look like. Mm-hmm. Like if we were to meet intelligent civilization out yeah. there, what would right. they what would they be like? Yeah. Right? So he talks about like they would need to have probably big eyes, like and eyes in front of their heads. Right? Because predators have eyes in front of their heads. Yeah. Prey have eyes on the side of their head. So they'd probably look like us kind of I mean not look like us, but they are their eyes would be kind of like ours. Yes. Right? They'd have some type of opposable thumb or some type of you know, grasping mechanism like tentacles, mm-hmm. because you have to have that in order to manipulate tools. Yes. So it just goes to show you that intelligent life would be kind of like us in a way, mm-hmm. but let's not get carried away. Yeah. And on that note, we are where we are right now. Mm-hmm. But an alien civilization many, many, many light years away in a different galaxy. Yeah. Sometimes we ask why aliens haven't visited us. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Kaku gives a really good example in his book, which is if 
an alien civilization so advanced had the technology to travel trillions of miles yeah to visit anywhere they want yeah why would they come visit a backward civilization like earth mm -hmm. relatively speaking I'm not, I'm not insulting the entirety of earth well yeah no i understand but why would they come visit us yeah you know and i think it's important to be humble about where we are mm -hmm. there could be civilizations millions and millions of years ahead of us yeah you know and we should be humble it's mm -hmm. something that humanity i think would do well to practice right and on top of that hum uh, humility also being really 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 curious because we need that curiosity if we're going to build the future wow well said dang that was good i feel like should that wrap it up maybe should that be like our final like gift wrapping of all this i think it can be yeah i liked it me too okay this is fun man i know this was great yeah it was a good book amazing and book so i it took we're both not huge readers we're not great it took me like a month and a half maybe two months to read this but you read like all this last night huh oh you called me out yeah i read uh like 60 percent of it yesterday <laughs> I, I devoured it yeah it's fascinating once you get into it it's great i could stay in there all day yeah yeah i think i'm gonna pick up i might reread this and um, then pick up some other books by Dr. Kaku. Yeah, I would love to. So it's The Future Of is a series. Yeah. He has like, the, I guess this other one is The Future of the Mind or something like that. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. No, uh, yeah, I want to check out some more. Cool, man. Well, I'd say this was a success. Me too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on and yeah. uh, sharing your thoughts. You, I think you, you, you really impressed me. <laughs> I think you did better than I did, honestly. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know why? What's that? Because I had all of yesterday to assimilate 60% of the material. Oh, so it's all fresh. It's all, it's all fresh in my head. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I guess that's it. Thanks for being that's on. That's it. Enjoy your new sticker. Thank you. And your new bookmark pen, too. Oh, you're a genius. Thank you. The entrepreneur. Look for those Entry. on... Uh, uh, TV commercials soon. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anything you want to say or are you good to go? Uh, I just want to say thanks. And, you know, thanks for reading this book with me. And thank you to Dr. Kaku. Yeah, thank you for, for writing uh, this. Writing this book. And explaining these things to us. Yeah. To bring it down to a level that we can understand. Mm -hmm. And even get us to the point where I'm like, man, I want to learn some physics. Yeah. That's definitely, like, in my book, that's a huge success. Mm-hmm. This is good. It's like fairly high level stuff. Like you get really deep into some things that or that Dr. Kaku brings you into, but it's attainable for the average person, I think, to Absolutely. understand it the way he writes it. Yeah. So it's good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that was great. I'm going to do my little wrap up spiel right now. So I don't have to record it later. Okay. Go for it. Uh, so that's it. Thanks for being on the show, Kevin. And uh, this is a long episode, dude. We went for like an hour and 40 minutes. Holy crap. I don't think I've ever had an episode that long yet. Oh, man. We could have just probably read the book, like an <laughs> audiobook, and it would have been shorter. 
Maybe that's just, that's for another episode. Yeah, we'll just read books. <laughs> we'll just read books. To yeah, people. that'd be great. Okay, that might be a copyright issue. <laughs> um, but thanks for being here. If anyone's listening to this after this long, man, thank you for being here. Oh, really? That's a commitment. So thank you. Uh, if you want to share it with somebody who you think might enjoy this episode, please share it to them. Uh, I really appreciate it. It helps grow the, the show a lot when you share it with your friends and family. You could do it digitally and laser port it. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I had to. Or you could do it the old-fashioned way and just say it with your mouth and they could pick it up with their ears. Um, but that's it. Uh, you could go to curiosityness.com. I have social media on Instagram, Curiosityness Podcast. Send me an email at Travis at curiosityness.com and tell me if you liked Kevin as a guest. <laughs> Judged. He, yeah, if he should come back again, but uh, it doesn't matter. He's going to come back anyway. <laughs> um, so that's it. Thanks for listening and uh, goodbye.